been having a wonderful week and welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. This week, I want to tell you about Mel Kids. Mel Kids are boxes full of scientific experiments. Your parents or a grown-up in your life can subscribe to Mel Kids and every month a new fun science kit will arrive on your doorstep. Full of something fun for you to make. I made a Mel Kids box with my son. We built a jack lift, which works using water, which you pull in and out of a pipette to make the jack lift go up and down. I was so impressed we made it work. And this taught us all about hydraulics. Did you know that diggers work using hydraulics? I had no idea that diggers have water inside them to lift their digging arm up and down. But now, thanks to Melkids, I do. So I asked my friend Ren what she thought of her Melkids box. She also got the jack lift one. Over to Ren. I received a Melkids box in the post. I opened it up and I looked at the instruction. I was like, wow, that's a jacklift. And it was very easy to build. When I finished, I got all my other toys and I use it to play with and also lift up and down. It's a very easy way to learn science. So there you go. Ren and I love Mel Kids and we think you will too. So try a subscription, which you can cancel anytime at melscience.com using the code SUN. That's S-U-N, SUN. Try one out today. Hello and welcome to the 20th episode of the second series of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Now, last week we talked about bees, wind and why it blows, and why the clocks spring forward. And our brilliant guest was Kate Martin from the National Trust, who told us all about how and why the wind blows. I really hope it helped you understand what's happening when you get blown about when you're outside playing at the moment. It has been quite windy. This week, however, we're talking about things with horns. We're talking about unicorns, rhinos and narwhals, and we have four questions about them. The first two questions come from Maggie and Charlotte. They're about unicorns. Over to Maggie and Charlotte. My name is Charlotte. I am six. I like swimming and reading fact books. My question is, are unicorns real? My name is Maggie and I come from Melbourne. And I'm living in London. I am five years old and I like to ribbon dance. And my question is, do unicorns exist? Thanks so much for your excellent questions, Maggie and Charlotte. Unicorns are so wonderful, aren't they? They're beautiful white creatures sprinkled with magic with a majestic horn on their head. But are they real and do they exist? Well, I haven't personally seen a unicorn before, and I wasn't sure what to make of this question, because in a way, of course they exist, because we all know what a unicorn looks like. So I think, you know what, this is a great question for a philosopher. So I asked Ofra Magidor, who is a professor of philosophy at Oxford University, to answer your question. Over to Ofra. Hi, Maggie. Thanks for your terrific question. My name is Ofra Magidor, and I'm a philosopher from Oxford. Your question is really interesting because it raises so many different issues. 
So one way to understand your question is whether unicorns exist in the same way that other animals exist. In other words, among the animals in the world, do we have in addition to cats and dogs and horses also unicorns? That's really a question for a zoologist rather than for a philosopher. But as far as I know, at least so far, zoologists haven't found any animals that fit our description of unicorns. But there is an interesting question here for philosophers, which is this. Suppose that zoologists discover an animal that at least sort of fits our description of unicorns. How would we decide whether the animal they found really is a unicorn? Just to get you thinking, here are two interesting scenarios. First, suppose that zoologists discover an animal that's very much like we think unicorns are. It has a horn on its head, it has sparkly hair, and so forth. But it happens to be shaped like a cow rather than like a horse. Would we say that this definitely isn't a unicorn, or would we say, hey, We've just discovered that unicorns look a little different than we expected them to look. They're actually shaped like cows rather than like horses. Here is another interesting scenario. We know that although usually horses have four legs, sometimes maybe due to some genetic mutations, horses are born with three legs or five legs. So what if there was a horse born of ordinary horses that happened to be born with a horn on its head? Would that be a unicorn? Or would we say that this is just an ordinary horse that happens to have a horn? Maybe, though, you're not asking about whether unicorns exist in the same way as ordinary animals. Philosophers often distinguish between what we call concrete objects and abstract objects. Concrete objects are ordinary things that we can touch and see, like tables or horses. But these are not the only sorts of objects that exist. Suppose, for example, that you have an idea. Once you came up with the idea, the idea is out there in the world, it exists. However, ideas are not the sorts of things that we can see or touch. It exists, but in an abstract way. So going back to unicorns, even if unicorns don't exist like ordinary animals, is it possible that they exist like ideas as abstract objects? Here things get a bit tricky. We definitely have thoughts or ideas about unicorns. We can talk about them, write stories about them, and so forth. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that these thoughts or ideas are themselves unicorns. Just like when I have a thought about a person, the thought itself isn't identical to the person. The thought is an abstract object, but the thought is about a person, and the person is supposed to be a concrete object, a thing that we can touch and see. Many philosophers would say that unicorns, if they exist, are also supposed to be flesh-and-blood animals that we can see and touch. If that's right, then maybe ideas about unicorns exist, but not unicorns themselves. As you can see, philosophers often spend a lot more time asking questions than actually answering them. But I hope this at least helps you think more about this interesting question. Thank you so much, Ofra, for your fascinating exploration of unicorns and whether they exist. What do you think, Maggie and Charlotte? Having listened to Ofra, do you think unicorns exist because we all have an idea of what a unicorn is? Or do you think they need to be discovered as animals we can see and touch by zoologists in order to truly exist? Or do you think something else? I hope that gave you lots to think about to help you answer your question. Or maybe it gave you even more questions to think about on the subject of unicorns. 
Now, the first places in the world where unicorns were talked about were China, India, and Pakistan. The idea of a mystical one-horned creature was really popular in stories, and the idea spread to the West where we called them unicorn. The word unicorn comes from two Latin words, unus meaning one, and cornu meaning horn. Our ancestors pronounced horn a lot like corn, so it became unicorn, which means one horn. Unicorns have always shapeshifted, changing appearance, and had been thought of as having different magical powers. The first person to ever write about a one-horned animal was a Greek doctor and historian in 400 BCE who said, There are in India certain wild asses which are as large as horses and even larger. Their bodies are white, their heads are dark red, and their eyes dark blue. They have a horn in the middle of the forehead that is one cubit, about one foot and a half, in length. The base of this horn is pure white, the upper part is sharp and of a vivid crimson, and the middle is black. Other asses, tame or wild, do not have an ankle bone, but these do have an ankle bone, the most beautiful I have ever seen. The animal is exceedingly swift and powerful so that no creature, neither the horse nor any other, can overtake it. So this is where we first got the idea of a white horse with a horn that became the unicorn. The strange thing is, he was probably trying to describe an Indian rhinoceros, which has one horn. And now for our next question, which isn't about unicorns, it's about another creature with horns. Rhinos, which perhaps were the inspiration for unicorns. Rhinos are wonderful animals that definitely exist because I have seen them with my own eyes. And maybe you have too. The question about rhinos comes from Bertie. Over to Bertie. Hello, my name's Bertie and I'm five and my hair's like at the moment while I'm a kid and um, uh, when I'm a grown up it's going to be brown and why do rhinos have two horns? Thanks so much Bertie for sending in such an excellent question. Well, there are several species of rhino. Some of them have one horn and some of them have two horns, like you noticed. The most famous thing about a rhino is of course its horn or two horns and even their name is related to their horn. The word rhinoceros comes from two Greek words, rhino, which means nose, and seros, which means horn. Now, the ones with two horns are white rhinos, black rhinos, and Sumatran rhinos, whereas greater one-horned rhinos and Javan rhinos have one horn. But whether it's one horn or two horns, rhinos use their horns for the same reason to fight off other animals that attack them, to protect their babies, and to challenge other rhinos. Three, two, one, fight! Rhinos charge other animals a lot. This is because they can't see very well, but they can hear brilliantly. So if they hear something worrying, they think that might be a threat, so they just charge just to be on the safe side. They've even been seen charging at rocks. Oh no! Rhinos have a bad reputation for being grumpy and bad-tempered. But this is the way rhinos protect themselves. Rhino horns are made of keratin, which is the same stuff as you'll find in your own hair and fingernails. Rhino calves are born without horns, but when they're just a few months old, a tiny stub of horn pops out and grows a lot in the first year. Around age one in some species, a second horn grows behind it. So long as a rhino is healthy, their horns can grow about 50 millimetres a year. Now, really sadly, while rhinos have horns to protect themselves and fight off other animals that attack them, their horns have also got them into real trouble because of silly humans. Rhinos are now an endangered animal. 
and it's because they've been killed for their horns. Because some people think that horns make good medicine. Of course, they really don't have any medical use at all. Rhino horn is made of the same thing as our fingernails and hair, and these can't cure any illnesses. But still, some people think they can. It is illegal to sell rhino horn, but on the black market, which is where you do illegal buying and selling, rhino horns are worth more than gold. That is even though a rhino horn is of absolutely no use to anyone except the rhino. All rhinos are herbivores. They eat grass and others munch mostly on leaves. Rhinos are big. They all weigh over 1,700 pounds and can run up to 40 miles per hour. A group of rhinos is sometimes called a crash. Rhinos are big and tough and have two or one horn depending on their species, but they need humans to take care of them, so there will be lots of rhinos crashing their way around with their horns for many years to come. I hope that answers your question, Bertie, and thank you so much for sending it in. Now our next question is about another creature with horns. This time it's about one that lives in the ocean and seems rather magical. I haven't seen one for myself, but I know for sure that they're real and I would love to see one in real life. The question is about narwhals and it comes from Quinn. Over to Quinn. Hello, my name is Quinn. I am eight years old. I, I live in London and I like Exploring and climbing trees. My question is, why do narwhals have horns? Hi Quinn, thanks for sending me your great question. Well, narwhals are nicknamed the unicorns of the sea because they have one long horn, just like a unicorn, and they live in the ocean. Now, long ago, poor narwhals were killed like rhinos for their horns. Traders sold them to people who believed the horns were from unicorns and were magical. But actually, the narwhal's horn is its front tooth. The tooth grows up through the top of its head and can get as long as nine feet. Measure the length of your daddy's foot nine times and imagine a tooth growing that long out of your head. That's what happens to narwhals. For a long time, not many people knew much about these beautiful creatures as they live hidden beneath the ice in the Arctic. But recently, scientists have been studying them and they have a few ideas about what their horn or tusk might be used for. They think the horn might be useful for male narwhals to attract female narwhals. A bit like peacocks have beautiful feathers or elks have big antlers to scare off other males and to attract the females who think a big tusk is a very attractive thing in a narwhal. The idea is only the biggest and strongest narwhals can grow really long tusks, so a big one is a sign of health which the female narwhals like because they know these ones will make great healthy babies. It's also a really good way to scare off other narwhals because the horn says, watch out, I'm way bigger and stronger than you, so don't bother fighting with me. Another thing scientists think is that narwhals use their tusks to find food. They whack fish over the head with them, making the fish unable to swim and so easier to eat. Another thing that the horn might be useful for is to crack through ice as the creatures are swimming in icy water. And they might be useful to find their way around. The 
tusks are covered in thousands of nerve endings and pores that help narwhals work out what's in their environment around them. It's a bit like if you had a broken tooth, it would be really sensitive and feel lots of things. Perhaps that's another use for the tusk, to feel things as they swim along. Amazingly, the tusk that sticks up like a horn is the left front tooth, and the right front tooth doesn't grow, it stays inside the narwhal's gum. So no teeth stick up inside a narwhal's mouth, so they don't chew food before eating it like we do, they use suction, the swallow fish hole. I hope that answers your question, Quinn, and thank you so much for sending it in so we can find out about narwhals. Maybe you'll be lucky enough to see one one day, or maybe you already have. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. Huge big thank you to the wonderful Ofra Magidor from Oxford University for talking to us about unicorns and whether or not they exist. And a big thank you to Charlotte, Maggie, Bertie and Quinn for this week's brilliant questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and audio networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. If you have a question you would like answered on Everything Under the Sun, just ask a grown-up to borrow their smartphone and then open the voice recording app and record yourself saying your name, your age, a bit about yourself and ask me your question. Then get your grown-up to send it to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk so I can hear your question and answer it as soon as I can. Also, please ask your grown-up to go to wherever you get your podcast and rate the show and leave a lovely review from you wherever you listen to the podcast. Your parents or teachers can follow our socials, which are Instagram at everything under the sun pod. We post up all the children who ask questions each week so you can see their faces, which is really fun. And you can also follow us on Twitter at everything UTS and Facebook, Molly Oldfield's Everything Under the Sun podcast. Remember, there is an Everything Under the Sun book, which you can pre-order now. Filled with 365 of your questions, each one answered and beautifully illustrated, which will be coming out in September. So do buy yourself a present for the you in September. I hope you're going to love the book as much as I do. Have a look at the cover on Instagram at everything under the sun pod or at Molly Oldfield if you know a grown up who uses Instagram. Just ask them to show you. And please tell all your friends to listen and send them the episodes. Wishing you all a lovely week. I hope you had fun learning about three animals with horns, rhinos, narwhals and unicorns. I hope you get to see one of those creatures one day if you haven't already. And be sure to tell me if you do. We're taking a little spring holiday for the next two weeks, but we'll be back on May the 7th when our first guest is a very wonderful writer, Sophie Dahl. So do subscribe so you're the first to get the new episode and hear Sophie Dahl's answer about tortoises when it arrives. Thank you so much for listening and have a lovely week. Goodbye! Goodbye!